Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rotor World Football Show. I'm Patrick Darty, joined, as always, by Mr. Jimmy Carter for this 4th of July week, 4th of July extended weekend. It's kind of a weird in-between like holiday twilight zone. We're recording on Monday, July 3rd, which, going to be honest, it feels like July 4th today. I don't really know how it's not July 4th. I know. I, I, many people are saying they don't know how today is not July 4th. Could we just move it? Could we just move it ahead? Move ahead with just pretend everybody just get on the same page here. Monday's July fourth. We're gonna we're gonna move forward with that. And the new July fourth is now the new July fifth. So we're sorry about that if you're planning doing anything fun on Tuesday. We hope you're enjoying the longest, best holiday weekend of the summer. There's a little news to talk about. We are in the dead zone, of course, but Patriots still pursuing DeAndre Hopkins. Denny found an item or something on Damian Pierce improving his blocking or something. I don't know where he even found this. It's uh, really exciting, actually. I'm very pumped to talk he about He found it. a blurb that I wrote about Commander's day three running back, Chris Rodriguez, uh, getting himself into the Commander's coaching staff's heart by shining on special teams. And there's an interesting piece on the Panthers' Raheem Blackshear, which will be a really interesting topic to talk about because it's a new coaching staff. It's Frank Reich. We know that he designs pretty good running games. We also know that supposed Panthers lead back Miles Sanders has been known to disappoint a coaching staff or two. Yes. So interesting item. And then Denny and I will, second half of the show, we're going to just take a look at some late round receivers. We like late round being the 10th or later, going off underdog ADP. So it is, Denny, we should have probably used a different ADP because there are receivers – like who'll go in like the tenth or eleventh round and and normie drafts, aka the drafts I do, they're probably going like the sixth or seventh. Yeah. Underdog. And yeah. So. Well, but but I think that the guys we selected will be available very late in your in your. They will be uh, available very 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 late. But first, any uh, I don't even know. I just wrote that we were talking about Twitter. I don't really know <laughs> what. Uh, Why? What? What's up the, with Twitter? What's going the, on? The limits they've been rated. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, Man, yeah, what a what a weekend over on the. I mean, let's just be real. None of us, as much as we enjoy like riffing and joking about the collapse and death of Twitter, like no this is it. a extinction level event for people right. like you and I. Like we have spent so much of our lives <laughs> cultivating our Twitter personas and just right. really devoting our entire lives to Twitter. And if this I mean, website were to go down, uh, I'm no offense to Blue Sky, but 
it ain't coming back. Nothing's coming back if Twitter goes down. I I think a little differently on that. I am on the Blue Sky site, uh, as the kids are calling it, and uh, liking it a little more and more each day as people migrate over. We need to get you. We need to get you on board. I have a code, actually. I've been meaning to sign up. All I, right, stop being lazy. Then well, get on. I can't man. decide if I want to be Rotopat on there or if I should just you be. Something different. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. You are Rotopat. You get, get on there as Rotopat. You're probably right. Don't be don't be Patrick B. Doherty the fifth. Yeah, I know. But so you, you like know. it? I like it. I like it. It's it's uh it's you know, it's bare bones. It's uh Isn't it's that what we down. want. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's back to basics, man. It's back to nature. The the, the it's it's like posting uh posting in 2012, you know. It's it, this is what it reminds me of. No gifts. You know, uh, at least as far as I can figure. Oh, they'll and, be gifts uh, soon, but don't worry, they'll be gifts soon. But. Um, um, oh, oh, the uh, character limit um, includes the links. Okay, oh. so you, I mean, you got to work. You got to work. Oh, do Zoomers don't understand working to post, and <laughs> and this is something we've had to do. It sounds kind of like uh, Mario Kart without items. We're like, you know, Mario Kart. It can be really frustrating if you're a born pure racer like myself. We're like. I tear up the courts, the courses. And uh-huh. the only times I lose is like if someone blue shells me or, you know, or right. like, I right. can't even remember some of the more exotic items. There's like a camera or something. There's a, like, well, there's a, there's a bomb. You throw the bomb. There's the bo- that's, that's really old school, but uh, yeah. it's, it's, I'm a, without the items, I'm the best there mm-hmm. is. And I'm still the best there is even with items. But the way you describe blue sky is kind of like Twitter without the items, like only the best. It's all about the posts. Yeah. It's not about so, the gifts. It's not about the quote tweet within a quote tweet. It's about the posts. No, and, and for people with posters brain like you and I, uh, it is. It's a good. It's a good platform, and I can. I can see it. It's kind of taken off. I, I will say that uh, your your posters brain doesn't go away just because Twitter is down. No. I, I'll give you an example. Uh, on on this weekend, I went to the Shenandoah River with my wife's family, and uh, Twitter was dead, like dead, dead. Okay, like I. Like you couldn't get on the site. So I put my phone away for once and I can, I, I then went on to post in real life uh, to everyone there <laughs> about, about sports, yeah. about politics. I posted and posted and posted because that that's, that's what I do. And that's what I did before Twitter. I, you know, well, I was going to say, you just highlighted an interesting phenomenon with like the death of the real life poster. That's like the function we used to serve, you know, be like at a, like a dinner party or just like a hang yeah. or like any family function. It's like, ah, oh, Pat or Denny will just say something funny. I'm sure like maybe right. a non sequitur of some sort. Right. And we still something. do that, but we just post it to Twitter instead of saying it to people in real life. Right. They'll say something outrageous. Like no movie made before 1960 is good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, just, just the, that's just the poster's brain. So we, we've had an outlet. We don't want that outlet to die. I want everybody to be clear about that. Like, like we're, we're not like, Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, Twitter's dying. We don't want it, especially because the fantasy football community depends on Twitter. And so we, we want it to live. That's the big problem is these, these communities will just not recreate to the they extent won't. that they already exist on Twitter. And we need our big, dumb, beautiful Twitter to survive. And <laughs> at some point, Apple is going to buy it. I don't know when. It's just a matter of if it's too late. And you've been what, saying this. And Apple I... or one of the, yeah, one of our big tech overlords who I would normally be very wary of is going to buy it. I'm going to be very, very happy. Overlords, if you're listening, uh, please look into this strongly. Please, please look into it. Hey, Comcast, why don't you buy it? Oh, come no. on, uh, I, you know. Then uh, Comcast buys it. Then Denny's in real trouble. 
Denny's in real, 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 real trouble. The posts will be under a microscope like never before. Oh my gosh. Oh no. Twitter. I don't oh, think Comcast will be buying Twitter. It doesn't seem to be in our purview. Hey, but, look, I, 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 uh, I'm very clear about something on, on Twitter and, and that is that good and bad things are exactly the same. They so, are exactly the same. Hopefully Comcast takes notes. You know who believes good and bad things are exactly the yeah, same? Who's that? The New England Patriots, um, <laughs> who we touched on last week, extended Devontae Parker for literally no reason. We, of course, did learn over the weekend that the three-year, $33 million extension that Devontae Parker supposedly signed was, of course, like nothing of the sort. Like, I think it was, I don't even know what the real purpose of the contract was. I'm sure there's still some, like, shadowy salary cap reason. But I, I th- apparently there's very little new guaranteed money. It's basically like a hedge against if he happens to like re-break out this year, which, I mean, I don't know why Bill Belichick spending time worrying about such things. Like that would be really good if that, that 1% outcome happened, but probably didn't right. need to be worrying about it now. So when the when the signing was first announced, people were like, oh, the Patriots are probably out on DeAndre Hopkins. There were immediate reports that they were not. It was a little hard to take at face value. It's easier to take at face value now, though, that we know that Devontae Parker's contract is really not real. Right. What do we think <laughs> yes. of the Patriots still pursuing DeAndre? Would this be a good or bad outcome? Uh, those two things are the same. So I don't. Uh, good point. It would be. It would be good. It would be good. I. I, I will say. That. I, I. I really want DeAndre Hopkins to end up in the New England offense. Uh, I don't really care about Parker. I don't care about Juju. Like, you know, Hopkins' profile is that of a target dominator. Those two guys I just named are not going to challenge him, I don't think, no. uh, for alpha status uh, in the, in this offense. You know, he's familiar with the offense, with Bill O'Brien's offense. Apparently, all the issues he had with O'Brien are uh, now under the bridge. We're thankful for that. And, uh, you know, look, I don't like to say it, and I have to reiterate it, Mac Jones is probably good. He's probably uh, good. I'm not sure about that. No, he's probably he's probably good. He he. Everything what? says as Where's a rookie. Coming from? As a rookie, everything pointed to him being good. Not great, but good. And uh, that's all DeAndre Hopkins needs is a good is a good quarterback. So let's get this done. I, I want to see him there. So you think July 3rd, you think it might be one of the lower listenership issue uh, episodes of the year? You can just slip in that Mac Jones is good? I, 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 I've I said this. I said it two weeks ago with you and Kyle. I said, guys, I, I really hate to report this. I take no pleasure, zero pleasure. Uh, but he's probably good, and and la- you can't you can't look at last year. You have to throw last year out completely. And even last year, it's not like the efficiency numbers were that bad. Uh, the yards per attempt did dip under seven, and it was only seven point three as a rookie. Kind of amongst the boomer efficiency metrics, you have to have a yards per attempt over seven. Right. Six point eight is like not unforgivable. That can happen in the kind of year that like Mac Jones had last year. And uh, I, yeah, I do think Mac Jones was maybe already at his ceiling as a rookie. But as a rookie, that ceiling looked like maybe like the, the 14th or 15th best quarterback in the NFL, which might sound like damning with faint praise, but like if you're the 14th or 15th best quarterback in the NFL, you're going to be starting for at least seven or eight years usually. Oh, sure. Um, so yeah, he might be good. He might be yeah. good-ish. No, he, I mean, he's a system guy, okay? Like, like he needs the system to work for him. He needs it to be easy. He doesn't have much arm strength. Like, his throws to the boundary are the kind that you just hold your breath and say, oh, God, it's a pick six, it's a pick six. Oh, God, oh, God. Um, yeah, not, not, not the strongest type throw. It's like he has, like, a Garoppolo arm. But he can, he can be – yeah, I know. And, yeah. 
but but Garoppolo, but Garoppolo has had success uh, in in good systems. Uh, so Popkins going as wide receiver twenty two in underdog drafts right now. I think you uh, you have to take if you think that he's going to New England, you have to take him there because you're basically taking him over the likes of uh, Christian Watson, Jerry Judy, uh, Drake London, Mike Williams, and DJ Moore. And I I would take. Hopkins over all of them, assuming he ends up in New England. Yeah, there's a lot of names there. You would would you take him ahead of Keenan Allen if you knew he was going to be in New England? That's a that is a tough. I I left his name out on purpose. How dare you bring Keenan Allen? To this? Uh, yeah, no, I, I'd probably go Allen. Would you take him over Amari Cooper? I think I. Why is Amari Cooper the wide receiver eighteen? I don't really understand this one. I don't either. Uh, so yeah, Hopkins for sure. Amari Cooper is one of my. He's one of my Brandon Cooks all stars. Where every year, like oh, he's going to overperform ADP. It's just like, you know, right? It's, it's just inevitable. Wide receiver eighteen is way too low. And yeah. Oh yeah, wide receiver seventeen point eight. Ah, real happy. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Back in August, I told you he would be a value and he was a value by one single spot. I almost want to make like a, I will eat this tweet type bet that Amari Cooper will not finish in the top 18 at receiver, by the way. Like, uh, what are the sharpest drafters in the world thinking? I, I think they are thinking he will be like a potentially a potential wide receiver one. Well, they're thinking that like, it's going to be like the 2019 Texans offense. And I have my doubts, but we shall yeah. see. You know, I, I do I do think that is that is one thing here. It's it's the Calvin Ridley effect, really, where like you're you're trying to take a guy's production, in this case Deshaun Watson's production from three or four five years yes. ago. Yes. And then just copy and paste it and bang, okay, we're just gonna shift all that stuff to 2023 and then we're gonna roll with it. And, and the Browns offense is gonna be amazing. Uh, that's uh that's a big presumption. Speaking of Calvin Ridley, would you do Calvin Ridley or DeAndre Hopkins to oh, straight up? Hopkins, I, it's not even in the realm of possibility. I would say Cal- Calvin Ridley over him. I, I think Ridley's one of the more overdrafted players in fantasy right now. I do the same. We both do. What does it say about us both approaching 40 boomers? Yeah, Calvin Ridley, there's just no way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like so personally conservative, both of it, there's just no way. I mean, I know. I, I, do, I do feel that way. I feel like I'm not having any fun. By by saying Ridley at wide receiver sixteen, no possibility. Um, but I am saying that. No, it, 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 I'm having like real like dad airport brain with Calvin. That's just irresponsible. You got <laughs> uh, which is weird. I've become more of a dad. I've become like a white knuckle airporter. By the way, really, like real white knuckle. Um, you mean by yourself or with the kids? Well, but with the kids too, because my wife is like was like born into it, molded by airport white knuckleness for some reason. Or she's like, she's like the the flight will be departing in an hour and twenty minutes, and I'll be at home. Like we've got to leave. Like, oh. and I know we live like twenty minutes from the airport, but like we got to leave. And she's like, oh, just one more minute. Wait, and, really? Yeah. You, wait, you you're not at you're not sitting no at the gate with an hour no. twenty to go. I usually now get there till about about ten minutes before boarding time is when I'll pass through oh, security. Are you um, what? What? What kind of? Who are you? I actually don't know. I don't know how this happened. But you you like you like gambling? Like I've never this? missed a, I've never missed a flight. I'll say that you should. You know what? You, should, you here's you know a guy like this who go who gets there ten minutes before the plane takes off. You need to go to Vegas tomorrow and put put everything put everything you have on black in, rou- in roulette and just let it ride. 
Well, so everything I have on the Amari Cooper under yardage under. <laughs> yeah, well, that's. Speaking of Amari Cooper, who has never played for the Texans, I was thinking of Deshaun Watson. Uh, we're moving on to the Texans. Damian Pierce, Denny. Uh, where did you even find this item that he's improved his blocking? And why, why does this matter? Um, All right. Well, here, about I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit so you guys can see the sausage being made. I think that's that's how the, the metaphor goes. Uh, and uh, it was a slow blurb day. Uh, and uh, as someone who gets a little panicky when we don't have any blurbs, I, I Googled, it's a very complicated Google search. It went like this, Texans offense. <laughs> and and uh, I, you know, I went to the news tab on Google and I found a somewhat recent article, Sports Illustrated piece about Bobby Slowick's offense, PFF Bobby, as we yeah, call him. Bob. And uh, and and how you know Damian Pierce and or Devin Singletary will fit into that offense, and I so I, I drew out this little nugget. It says that uh, Texas running backs coach Danny Barrett said Damian Pierce has improved his pa- pass blocking last this off season. And I thought at first I thought okay, who cares? This is what this is what they say, but it actually could be could it, it could it could mean something. There could be a little significance here because here's the thing about Damian Pierce. He was horrendous as a as a pass blocker last year. As as a rookie, uh, I had to really, really uh, go down the list of Pro Football Focus grades to find uh, to find Damian Pierce rated the 128th best pass blocking running back in 2022. Um, Low. You know, you, you know <laughs> who was elite in pass blocking, Pat? No, oh, come on! Don't even stop! Don't say it, Devin. Q Singletary, the fourth. Yes. Yikes. Yes. He was top five in PFF pass blocking grades. So here's and and so here's what Danny Barrett, the, the running backs coach for Houston, said. Uh, he said uh, he can he can see the big picture and can identify things quicker to get his pickups. That's going to help us out tremendously when he is in the game. Talking about Damian Pierce, when he is in the game, teams think we are going to just run the football. So. And that was actually an issue. I remember that coming up several times last year in October and November is that teams stack the box when Damian Pierce was in because it only meant one thing. He was, they were going to run the ball. They would bring in other backs when it was, when there was any sort of blocking involved. So if we can get away from that situation, could be good for Pierce. Yeah. I mean, kidding aside, tight ends, we don't want them to block. Running backs have to block because if they don't, it's like, Coach will look for they'll look for any little thing. You miss one block in three weeks, like that's a big deal. That's it. Um, it's a big, big deal. It's a more sophisticated offense than they had last year. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming a coaching staff with like much higher expectations for the running backs, like the overall things we should. I mean, we know if they're going to run anything like the Kyle Shanahan system, uh, we noticed how sophisticated it is, how demanding it is of the running backs. So it has to get better at blocking. And two, like you said, Devin Singletary, even where I knew he was a good blocker. I just know knew he was a veteran that the coaching staffs love. Like the Bills always wanted to move on from him, but he was just like too confident. Yes, like yes. they could never get him off the field. They tried to replace him so many different times, but he was always just too good at the little things to get him off the field, and that does loom large. Uh, so yeah, very good news that Damian Pierce is getting better. And the good news is running backs do frequently actually get better at blocking. They do. And most of the time, 
obviously rookie year is a low point. They either bulk up or they improve their technique. They spend their offseason doing things they can't really do before their rookie year when it's just like a draft rush. A lot of times they're like nursing like old college injuries. Right. So he's been able to probably focus on like his technique and his, his strength building and stuff this offseason. So I actually kind of buy, especially since it's coming from the coaching staff. Yeah. But he's improved his blocking and then it's a big deal. And so I, I wanted to relate this to that boring running backs piece I wrote a couple weeks ago. You can find that on the site somewhere. Uh, and uh, Devin, Devin Singletary, you know, checks all those boxes. Like he's boring, man. Like he, he doesn't really do much well. And, uh, uh, but if the coaches like him, if he's blocking well, if he's picking up blitzers, then, you know, he's going to get snaps and he's going to get carries in that, in that offense. And I, I really do think the Houston offense, as the zoomers would say, is being slept on a little bit. I think, I think, I think projecting them to be better than last year is, is okay. In fact, way better than last year. I think we could project them uh, for this year. They will be way, way better than last year. I mean, at least more, at least in fantasy, maybe not in real life, but I feel like at the very least they're going to be ac- producing actual fantasy points, something they have not done either of the past two years. Right. And just a total, total wasteland. Like maybe the least fantasy relevant team you'll ever see the past two years, the Texans, just no receivers, almost nothing in the backfield until Damian Pierce last year, nothing at quarterback, nothing at tight end just a shocking lack of fantasy production for yes. the Texans the past two years. And even if it's not a great real life offense, and even if it's not like a top half fantasy offense, which it won't be just at least maybe producing three or four fantasy relevant players, hopefully. Yeah. Big and step up for the Texans. Uh, so Pierce, I think Pierce is interesting from a zero RB standpoint. That's the only standpoint I can really speak to. He's interesting in both, uh, Oh, this in, this backfield is interesting in two ways. You can take Pierce in like the fifth round or wherever he's going, fourth round, uh, as like a dead zone option. And I and I know why it's called the dead zone, but uh, or or you could just wait a long time and take Singletary and wait wait to see how it shakes out. And you know Singletary's one uh, Pierce injury away from being a three down back in that offense. So, speaking of running backs doing the little things well and endearing themselves. To the coaching staff, Denny, Chris Rodriguez and Washington, who a back that we've seen like kind of a mysterious amount of hype on this offseason, like a hammer power back. Uh, not a mysterious amount, just that he's been like talked up a few times. But, but the, the commander's coaching staff threw a little cold water on this Eric Bienemy, but also like hyped him up at the same time in the past week by saying he's excelling on special teams. Yeah. And basically making it sound like that was the first step towards him getting on the field on offense. And that he's really impressing them on special teams. So he could be saying, listen, this guy's only going to play special teams as a rookie. But he could also be saying he's excelling on special teams. Maybe he can parlay that into some snaps on offense. What is your read on Eric Bieniemy's comments on day three rookie Chris Rodriguez? Just a special team into the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably, it's probably not good for Rodriguez or those who think that he will try to, you know, pry – his way into a role in that Washington backfield. Uh, It's just, there's so, there's so little room for him anyway, with both, you know, the, the the enemy seems uh, high on, on Antonio Gibson. He's making Ron Rivera aware of Antonio Gibson, which is nice. Uh, And, uh, and then Brian Robinson is, is a coach's favorite. You know, uh, we, we, we've talked about him a lot in recent shows. So I, I don't really know where Rodriguez fits. I mean, 
unless it's a really deep league, you should not be drafting Rodriguez. Uh, and uh, he, it would require an injury to somebody for Rodriguez to, Rodriguez to get in there. But I think that these comments are just, you know, confirmation that like he is the RB three folks. It could be also though. So it's weird how much steam Antonio Gibson has been getting, but, and Brian Robinson hasn't been getting much steam. It's not necessarily a new regime, but it is a new offensive brain trust. Chris Rodriguez is the only quarterback selected since this new offensive brain trust was hired. I still could see Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson both known for disappointing in their day. Brian Robinson, only one year. We know there are extenuating circumstances. He did get better near the end of the season, but I wouldn't completely write Chris Rodriguez off for 2023 just yet, but I also, of course, I'm not using a pick on him in a 12-team league, 16-player draft. No way. Um, but, but these comments, I almost I interpret more positively, just to be honest, okay. where he's looking for something good to say about it. He, he didn't say anything bad, Eric Bianami, who we know like doesn't hesitate to do that. No. And like I, I was kind of almost I thought his way of saying he's got some dog in him and I he's see. got some dog in him guys. Watch out for this Chris Rodriguez. The dog levels are rising. Mm. And he just says the word dog like 15 <laughs> times in the next 60 seconds in a reporter then it stopped like uh, what are you talking about Eric? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric Mr. Behenemy, why are you barking? Yeah, yeah so uh no, I'm sorry I just got carried away but the dog was off the charts, <laughs> yes. and so Chris Rodriguez. Yeah, I don't even know why we're talking. It's not gonna be redraft relevant. I did use a dynasty pick. I didn't want to. I'm not like a Chris Rodriguez guy, but I think he fell at like the fourth round. Yeah, I I, I'm looking at his uh, his his profile on Player Profiler, and uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is not the greatest uh, you know profile here. S- speed score in the 64th percentile. Like one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, burst score is in the 24th percentile. Uh, you know, he doesn't have a young breakout age, nothing, nothing like that. Uh, but he is, he is a guy, uh, they seem to like him and, uh, he, he could very well be relevant in this commander's backfield if they struggle with injuries. And they have struggled with injuries and they've also just struggled with struggling. It, it might not even take an injury for Chris Rodriguez to get a shot. Mm-hmm. That's like a best case scenario but it might not even take an injury just a name to file away. Uh, Raheem Good Blackshear, job. Denny, is he a name to file away? He's been drawing praise as we mentioned in the opening from Panthers coach, Frank Reich. What effect is this going to have on Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, et cetera? Yeah. Raheem Blackshear is apparently uh, turning some heads uh, in, in Panthers camp or not training camp, but in, in, in uh, mandatory mini camp and other off season situations. Uh, so Blackshear for, for those sick enough to play uh, preseason DFS. He is, he is a preseason DFS God among men. Okay. <laughs> and he's a guy you just wonder why is this guy not getting regular season touches? It's, it's a, it's a curious thing. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm waiting for it. I have been, been waiting for it. In fact, I, I remember when bills fans, when, when the bills lost Blackshear to Carolina last year, I forget exactly what the transit transaction was, but they they were pretty they were pretty pissed. They were not happy with losing Blackshear because he he seemed to be better than their other running back options at, at the time. So it is like Rodriguez, a name to file away. Um, it's another sign that maybe you know Miles Sanders is not going to see these this predestined 
50 receptions. This is the number that's going around now. He's you just dial him in for 50 receptions on the year. <laughs> I, I've never seen anything quite like it, honestly. Uh, but uh, I think I think Reich actually named or actually said the number 50. I don't know if we're if we should buy in on that. Um, but I, I think it also says that if Sanders struggles or goes down to injury, that it's not just going to be Chuba Hubbard. It, it's I think Blackshear would be involved. Could you change if to win Sanders struggles? Because yeah. he spent an entire rookie contract disappointing the coach. And just even last year when what he had almost 1,300 yards rushing, I think 12 touchdowns. The end of the season, the only thing I ever noticed about Miles Sanders was them pulling him off the field like a critical down and putting in Kenneth Gainwell. He kind of lost the coaching staff's trust again late last year. Yeah. And very meticulous uh, offense in Philadelphia – like really details-oriented coaching staff. Frank Reich was always the same way in Indianapolis, especially with the running game. Like it's a high expectations running game that Frank Reich has. And I just wouldn't be stunned if Miles Sanders, once again, didn't live up to the coaching staff expectations. Now, whether it will have any real benefit for Raheem Blackshear remains to be seen. But Raheem, yeah, is a guy, I, I, I think he had like a five-year college career. So people don't really want to take him seriously, but – there's a lot of interesting things about Raheem Blackshear. Yeah, so he he transferred to Virginia Tech during the COVID season, uh, and then so he he had one season basically as their primary rusher. Uh, he averaged 5.8 yards per carry. I know that is a, a boomer stat, but it is impressive nonetheless. Uh, he was also sort of uh, impressive in college. I actually went like, tonight. A lot of times he'd come in we're like, oh, he averaged 6.9 yards per carry. Um, it, right, like, right. So I know. 5.8. Yeah. Is, it's pretty good, but it's not like elite. I'll well, at, that, at Virginia Tech, though, I mean, it, you know, he's not he's not in the Mountain West or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, true. That's true. You know, he's playing real teams. Sort of. Virginia Tech's kind of the real program still. No offense if you're a VT fan, but uh, the Beamer Ball ain't coming back. <laughs> no, I'm not coming through that door. Not coming through that door, including the final 10 years of Beamer Ball. It was not coming through that door. Uh Beamer ball was last played, in, I believe, two thousand five. Um, wasn't uh, isn't that there's that, that great meme of of Beamer celebrating yes. a the, what three was, to zero win? No, 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 no. It was end of regulation zero zero. And he, he has his arms in the air, both his arms raising there, like grinning, <laughs> like he had just won the national championship. Oh, that's and funny! Wow, that is one of the better football memes. By the way, Raheem Blackshear. So my son just turned five. He's like super, super into pirates. Raheem Blackshear, that's like one of the most pirate names I've ever heard, I feel like. <laughs> it is. He sounds no. like, a, like a born and bred pirate. Right. No, uh, Black, Blackshear is absolutely – I mean, he, need, he needs to walk around with a pirate patch, yes. I believe. My son is literally going around the house calling people scallywags. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, he's really, really into pirates. Um, he got a, a looking glass. Now it's like all he's doing is looking glass at things. Um, we are you through know, what, what you need he? to watch with him. You need to watch John Carpenter's the fog. Oh, is that, is that a pirate? John Carpenter is a pirate movie. We have ghost pirates just oh slaughtering gosh. people in that movie. folks. Really? Oh, that sounds kind of amazing. Actually. It, it, it's I love, I love it's, it's suitable for a five-year-old, right? Oh yeah. He definitely won't be traumatized. Especially someone who just turned five, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the prime age to watch a John Carpenter horror. He's a young five. Does that matter? <laughs> so uh, uh, we'll be right back after this. Just a reminder, Sunday mornings mean MLB leadoff on Peacock. 
You can live stream games all season long. And this week, the American League West leading Texas Rangers travel to the nation's capital to face the Nationals. Coverage of the game begins at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Again, that is exclusively on Peacock. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. And also, don't forget, we have a new website. Um, we, first off, we hear you. There are some bugs we are working through. But I like the new website. It's very clean. Uh, it's not as much NFL news as I would like on it right now because it's a slow time of year. I, that's one thing that's frustrating me about the new website. We haven't had a ton of news to put on it yet. Right. But check out our new website. Really ready to rock on mobile. We're still tweaking it on desktop. It's going to be good to go for the regular season, though. Uh, again, we're working through a few small little things, but I actually, I really do think the website's on the path to greatness. Yeah, I, I so I on Twitter, I, I made a little video tutorial of how to look at player news because this is something I heard a lot is uh, there's no more player news. And folks, I hate to break it to you, but there is player news. There's lots of it. And what you do is you you go to our site and then you click on the player news tab. <laughs> And then that's it. Like it's a re it's real easy. You could just do that. We also, we really are having some new site frustrations, but we also are really are working through them. And there's going to be some, some different landing pages. We're going to make a few things just make more sense. It's just so, it's such a huge undertaking mm-hmm. to do a new website. Even for like a large company, you'd be like shocked. The things that just like don't seem obvious that all of a sudden like, Oh wow. Yeah. We need to change that. And, uh, so but check out the new site. It's already good. It's going to be even better. Mm-hmm. We like it a lot. Um, we also like bad football players, Denny. And, we do. Uh, God, you wanted that. to talk about some late-round wide receivers, did you not? Guys going the 10th round or later, it's like pick 120 and beyond. Uh, who's the first late-round receiver you want to talk about? By the way, we were supposed to do two. I only have one, sort of. <laughs> Uh, I have about 11, so, okay, we good. Could, uh, you know, um, even though I never take these guys and I'm never in position to take these guys cause I already have all the receivers, but anyway, Rondell Moore, uh, 10th round pick and 12th. Oh, so hold on. I, before you can even get going, like seriously doing this again, 
Oh, we're doing. Oh, Seriously yeah, doing this again. Oh, we are absolutely doing this again, right. and we're going to be happy about it. Right. Okay, tenth uh, rounder. So you know he's hurt all the time. That's that's one thing. Um, but you know if he's not hurt, if he if he actually is healthy this year, uh, he's not going to have a ton of target competition because obviously DeAndre Hopkins is gone. All you have really is Marquise Brown among the receivers who's going to command targets. Hopefully the new Cardinals regime will learn from the mistakes of Cliff Kingsbury and deploy Rondo Moore, not as an outside boundary receiver at five foot seven, but rather as a, as a, in an inside slot guy. Okay. Um, he, he has shown some ability to, to command targets. Uh, he had eight or more targets in four of his five final games last year before his season ending, whatever injury, hamstring, I don't even can't remember, knee, ankle, just what it, you, you name it with Rondell Moore. But uh, yeah, so I, I think that he is instantly the wide receiver too in an offense that will probably have to throw a lot because, man, the Cardinals stink. Uh, uh, yeah. So could be good. It's also just hard to see how they could be like less efficient than they were the kind of during the Cliff Kingsbury death rattle. And there's just no way they could be less creative than they were either. And Rondell Moore just required more creative usage. And I don't know really a ton about Drew Petzing, the new Cardinals offensive coordinator. And when I say I don't know a ton, uh, I do know literally nothing I, about him. I have to admit that uh, that is <laughs> the first time I've heard that name. He is coming from the Kevin Stefanski coaching tree, though. Uh, a guy who's known how to maximize the, the talent he's had in Cleveland didn't always have a ton of receiver talent. But you have to think, there's going to be more creative usage, or as you hinted at, at least more sensible usage with right. Rondell Moore than we had under Cliff Kingsbury. And I agree. I mean, they need – it's a bad team. This is going to be – it's going to be about getting through this year. They need someone to absorb targets. Rondell Moore certainly profiles as a targets absorber. If he can stay healthy, like you said, he has not done a good job of that. No, no, we, we, so we, tiny, we, we but, would need that. But, you know, I, I think that all that um, – all that uncertainty is built into that ADP of, of 10th round. And honestly, honestly, in your casual league and your family league, I mean, you're getting Rondo more, I don't know, 15th round probably, you know, in, in, in a lot of formats. Right, not even getting drafted. I mean, yeah, there will be a lot of 10 team leagues. He's not drafted at all. 12 so, team leagues, he's probably not even drafted, to be honest. You don't think? Well, yeah. No. Uh, and and so, you know, it's, it's kind of a, um, you know, there's not much downside is what I'm saying in, in going in on, on more. Now I will say you are in no way. Are you drafting Rondo more in a standard league? Please no. do not. If you're getting, if you're not getting one point per reception, you, you just have to cross out Rondo Moore's name. You do. <laughs> you do. And producer Adam noticed something I couldn't help but notice on Drew Petzig's Wikipedia again, who I knew a lot about him. Um, coming into this show, yeah, but we, Adam and I couldn't help but notice that he he has had coaching stops at Harvard and Yale, um, and I know that sometimes a, a Yaley, a good Yaley, knows that you simply do not put Rondell Moore on the boundary. Yeah, going to use got to use those brains, buddy. Got to use those big, beautiful brains that everyone at our Ivy League institutions have, and has nothing whatsoever to do with legacy admissions. No, there's never been one legacy admission. No, there has not. And no, there's a lot of very smart people, <laughs> but also a lot of legacy admissions. <laughs> uh, but by the way, we have a, a user comment talking about Raheem Blackshear. And yeah. 
another very pirate name. Also a former Carolina Panther, Captain Munnerlyn. Captain Munnerlyn. That's about as pirate as it gets to. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Raheem Blackshear and Captain Munnerlyn. I mean, Captain Munnerlyn sounds like he died of scurvy in 1782. <laughs> or no, he had like a... You know, he had like an infection after he got like barely grazed with a sword on his forearm. <laughs> but yeah, right. It turned into like a crippling right. infection he, that killed him on the high seas. He, he looked he looked like a, like an eighty year old man. He was thirty two. Yeah, <laughs> and he he died from an infection that you the doctor wouldn't even have to see you today. They would just call in to CVS. Like, yeah, whatever. Just yeah, that. right. Go get a band aid, man. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, just get a band aid. Why did kill it killed him. But Denny, who's another late round receiver that we like? Uh, I like Paris Campbell, who is going in the Oof. at the end of the eleventh round. I know, <laughs> man. I y- y- here's here's uh, the profile of the receivers that Pat hates: <laughs> slot guys who get injured a lot. <laughs> if you're a slot guy who gets yeah. injured a lot, you need not apply to be on Pat, <laughs> Pat Doherty's <laughs> fantasy team. But and and I and I love you by the way. I I want you every time. I'm I'm just gobbling up the the slot guys with injuries. So Paris Campbell, lots of positive reporting out of Giants uh, mini camp about him as the as the slot guy. So we re, we may remember. You may be old enough to remember Richie James excelling as the primary slot guy in the Daniel Jones led Giants offense. Last year, he saw 70 slot targets last year, and he didn't even really emerge as as a, an every down player until the second half of the season. So what I'm saying is you you, you get Paris Campbell in that role. We, Danny Dimes loves the check down, refuses to throw it downfield. And I'm saying that that plays out well for a guy like Campbell. Yeah, even with the much more sophisticated offense last year, Dimes just didn't go down the field. This not the no. Dimesman. It's where the Dimesman fears to tread is beyond, uh, <laughs> beyond 12 or 13 yards beyond the line yep. of scrimmage. And the thing about Paris Campbell, he did finally stay healthy last year. He did catch 63 balls in 17 games. Not exactly like lighting the world on fire, but certainly uh, t- like lighting up on the PPR league radar. Like there's a dot now beeping on the radar. Like, Oh wow. You, you seen this Admiral? Like uh, <laughs> this, this, this dot, this wasn't on the radar before. Yeah. And, uh, this is Paris Campbell. Uh, shoot that down immediately. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the, the That's Admiral's what you would do. Like, yeah, yeah, it's true. But uh, <laughs> no, he has been getting coaching staff hype from Brian Dable's coaching staff and, Something you certainly have to take notice of. Brian Dable, too, seems like kind of a straight shooter as a head coach. We're not nearly as much smoke and mirrors or artifice with him. No. And so he finally had a bit of a a breakout as very strong for what Paris Campbell did last year. He finally just had an NFL season. And now he's got a good coach talking him up. So certainly someone who needs to be on the radar. So, yeah, and I think it's worth noting that Campbell would have had a, a better year last year if there was more stability in the Indianapolis offense, which was extremely unstable. Um, you know, with Matt Ryan under center, he was he was seeing a, a you know a, a lot of snaps, a lot of slot targets uh, that sort of faded away when they started to play that weird Sam Ellinger game, and then. Whoever else started for them, I can't even remember. That. Who who was? Oh, I mean Nick Foles. Nick Foles. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I mean, ha- having, you know, having a guy who likes to just check down over and over and over. I mean, you, you, you kind of you're, you're looking to cash in on on those habits or 
uh, on those tendencies. And it's, it's similar not to get too in the weeds here, but it's similar to why I'm out on Michael Pittman because his game doesn't mesh well. I don't think with Anthony Richardson. So, you know, it's go, goes, goes both ways. We have another user comment on pirate names, by the way, Bar- Barcavius Mingo, potential pirate. And of course, greedy Williams, greedy. greedy Williams would be, I can already see like greedy Williams is Wikipedia where he's like a former like British Navy admiral who became a pirate for some reason. You know, he died in like 1792. Yeah. And then like the beginning of his Wikipedia was Montgomery, uh, uh, air quotes, greedy, greedy. Williams yes. was a British admiral turned pirate in the Caribbean seas who You're was right. uh, splintered apart by a cannonball. In 1792. <laughs> <laughs> while, while holding uh, a, a, a chess uh, worth forty million dollars in gold. As greedy as he had, yeah, he had uh, absconded with the Aztec gold. That, um, he, he walked two hundred miles with with a with a one ton uh, chest of gold, only to be blown apart by one of his former Navy British Navy uh, oh, well. comrades. Yeah, nevertheless, greedy wasn't a great end for greedy. Um, <laughs> Just gonna keep filibustering because I don't even really have it. I mean, I want to talk about Rashid Shahid, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk, talk to me about Rashid Shahid. You are his number one truther. Tell us why. Well, if you like slot guys, they get hurt a lot. I do. Just always anyone who makes big plays, I'm so addicted to like the chunk yardage guys, and which is a really bad archetype to be addicted to in fantasy, especially in PPR, because they don't become compilers, but. Rashid Shahid was very, very interesting. As I can't even remember if he was a rookie last year or just a first-round contributor. It was the first year he was on the NFL. He was already 24. Uh-huh. I'm looking up his Wikipedia real quick to see if he was a rookie last year. He was an undrafted rookie, very old, but he just forced his way onto the field. That's yeah. something I always take notice too. Like a day three guy, certainly an undrafted guy, kind of makes themselves undeniable. And Rashid Shahid did that and averaged almost 18 yards per catch. He was making big plays like on the reg, quote unquote, as it's known, down the stretch. His yards per route run, I think would have been tied for third. I don't think he ran enough routes to qualify for pro football focus metric, but he was just a guy all last year I was like very intrigued by like, man, and such a bad offense too. Like just forcing his way onto the field and not just forcing his way onto the field, but like making plays once he got there. Should be a better overall offensive. Not that Derek Carr is like some massive improvement on Andy Dalton, but expecting a better overall offensive environment. And Rashid, Rashid Shahid, kind of understandably, is getting no steam whatsoever. And I, I just wouldn't be shocked to see him be like one of those random guys who, not trying to damn with faint praising him, but every week your ranking is like the wide receiver 40, right. aka not someone you really want to play, but someone who's going to be on your roster. And this, this, this is kind of how I view Rashid Shaheed. I, I hate to take the, the easy way out, but I am going to say that Rashid Shaheed seems better in best ball. It's true. Uh, he does. You're going to get, you are going to get some massive weeks. You're going to get a, a, a two catch, 100 yard, one touchdown performance, you know, um, from, from Shaheed. Uh, you're also going to get a lot of zeros probably. So yeah. that's, that's the way it goes. But yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely, I, I, I can see the allure in certain formats uh, of, of Shahid. I also think Derek Carr, man, uh, is he willing to let it rip like that? Like he actually kind of does chuck it downfield and ran. He's a bit more of a chucker than you'd realize, I would say. Yeah. Maybe not on the reg, to use that again. You love, you love like that Bob, term. 
He's not like bombing it deep, like at will, but he's more willing to chuck, I think, than a lot of quarterbacks are. He, yeah. A lot of times to his detriment, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, really no idea why Derek Carr did that. Right. <laughs> he didn't so, just do that. You know, the, the numbers bear that out. Uh, he was ninth last year in uh, downfield passing rate at 14.1%. Um, he threw, uh, wow, he threw 11 touchdowns uh, of more than 20 yards last year, which was third in the league. Oh, yeah, third see, he, he's a chucker. He is a chucker. He's a much better fit to your Farshid Shahid's uh, skill set than Andy Dalton was. But again, when I say I'm interested in Rashid Shahid, it's as someone who's going to be like in a very best case scenario, like the wide receiver 40. That was also what he was being ranked as most of the second half of last season. Right. So it's almost as like him running it back on his role. And again, not really PPR friendly, but um, he's bench friendly. That's what I'll say. For sure. Uh, for, the, for the last player here, I just wanted to mention uh, our former colleague, Patrick Crane, uh, giving some, uh, some they're steaming up, as the kids say, steaming up Robert Woods recently uh, on Twitter. Do you see this? Do you see this, folks? I've not seen this. Uh, oh, I was man. on Pat Crane's podcast this week, by the way. Check it out. Again, I, someone, uh, someone else in the show was invited, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I was, and uh, it's a very inconvenient I, family time. I, I hope, <laughs> I hope, I hope to one day stay up past nine o'clock yeah, to be able so, to do that. Uh, anyways, um, yeah. So let me tell you about Pat Pat's, Pat Crane's Robert Woods propaganda, which which actually got me. I at first I saw it and I was like, um, this. Pat has too much time on his hands. I'm worried. I'm worried about Crane. You're talking about Robert Woods. Uh, you know, the least sexy fantasy player alive, uh, not Crane, very sexy, but Robert Woods. Uh, and let me tell you what Crane said. He said, okay, Robert Woods, he got $10 million guaranteed. So the contract bros are in automatically. I don't even have to read anything else. The contract bros are all in on Robert Woods. Um, he's joining a system. He knows inside and out. That is, that is true. Um, two years removed from his ACL injury, something I had not considered. Uh, he's 31 as, as Crane says, old, but not ancient. <laughs> it's good to know. Uh, which is, I think that's actually a really, really good uh, way of putting it. Um, 18th round ADP. So basically free. And uh, you know, he's going be, like way after Adam Thielen, who's probably as Crane says here, probably dustier than woods, which, you know, I take a little offense to, but whatever. So, you know, is it seeing this, is it the worst pick? I don't think it is. And and like I said earlier, if the Houston Texans offense is going to be vastly improved, then somebody's going to benefit somebody. It might as well be Woods, right? Might as well be Woods. And the final name I want to so Robert Woods, of course, anyone too with that like history of compiling that history of PPR, but like coaches just love that. Like, it kind of just never goes away. And if he actually is healthy, Robert Woods is an interesting again who no one wants like absolutely nope. nobody wants Robert Woods but if you want cheap receptions and what we think is going to be more competent offense Robert Woods is an interesting place to look I mean he, he's before you get to your guy he's a guy you have to accept what's happening there okay like you can't say uh um Tank Dell you can't say I like I like that 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 fancy rookie Tank Dell okay and, and I'm taking him over Robert Woods and I don't care his his ceiling is sky high and then, and then Robert Woods comes out and establishes himself as the clear number one receiver. And you you could definitely say, oh, we should have seen that coming. We we know yeah. this going into the season. And several – that happens like several places league-wide every single year where we cling to some rookie 
like not the tank Dell's resume is flimsy and he, he has some good real life draft capital too, but he's a rookie and he's someone counted on to be a compiler as a rookie yeah. and it could very, very easily go sideways. So Robert Woods is someone we can't just totally forget about. I just, the wide receiver 100 on underdog is two, two at well. And he's someone who did a little mix of like compiling and some big plays last year, not compiling is probably a stretch, but he flashed a little bit of why the Rams used a second round pick on him. Sean McVay himself talked him up pretty extensively in late June, just like 10 days ago saying he was going to have a role basically saying he wasn't sure if he deserved a role until last year. And he's basically like, he got an opportunity and he ran with it. It was kind of the tenor McVay's comments. It's still not a very deep receiver core. I mean, they have the great man uh, at the top and Cooper cup. And then just Van Jefferson, a pure role player, Ben Skrownik, who honestly maybe shouldn't even be on the roster. Uh, Puka. Are you kidding me? With you're you're leaving Puka Nakua till till fourth. I am. He should be second. He should be the second person off your lips when you're talking about Rams receivers. So Tutu is just actually produced now a little bit in this offense. Wide receiver 100 seems a little bearish to me on Tutu Atwell. Uh, again, I don't even know why we're talking. Cause it's not like he's going to be like a 16 team redraft guy, at least to begin the year. But I mean, he's going behind Justin Ross. He's going behind Corey Davis. He's going behind Michael Wilson. He's going behind Allen Robinson. Like I would rather have Tutu Atwell 100 times out of 100 over Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if Tutu gets a little more steam as the summer went, basically. And it becomes a theme that the Rams are talking about. I, yeah. Speaking of Allen Robinson, I, preemptively reject all Allen Robinson hype and it's coming. It's coming. Okay? It, will. it always does. It always happens. Oh, he just didn't, didn't know what he was doing in LA now, <laughs> but now with Pittsburgh, no, I'm sorry. No. Uh, yeah, no. So I, I'm, I, I, I want Puka Nakua uh, out, of, out of the non cup uh, Rams receivers. Mm-hmm. Obviously I've, I've made this clear, almost too clear. Some would say over the past couple months. <laughs> And, some, and, and others would say, can you just shut up about Puka Nakua, please? Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, At- Atwell was actually pretty good. You look at the metrics, you look at the analytics, and they all say uh, he was really good in limited opportunities, and he got a full route share last year at, at near the end of the season. So it, it does say something about the way that McVeigh sees him. I do think we're talking more like a Shahid-type player who's, when he hits, he hits. And it's, but it's going to be kind of maddening to figure out when that is. Yeah, his ceiling is again probably exactly like the Sheed, Rashid Shahid, like wide receiver forty. Um, which that's maybe asking like, what do you win when you win that? Like, why are we bothering to talk about that? And one of the answers is that it's July third. But um, yeah. there you go. Two two Atwell, I feel very very confident he will not be the wide receiver one hundred, and will rank probably in like at least the top seventy. Which again, you're like, wow, cool, Pat. Uh, that won me my league thanks for that yeah <laughs> we, we we told you july 3rd yeah. Tutu Atwell would not be the wide receiver 100 he ended up as wide receiver 92 we told you no no he'd be the wide receiver 62 then he um it's yeah, gonna be amazing now, now we're talking you yeah, know we are talking now we're done <laughs> talking the show is over all right any last any last words to me <laughs> They know is that dire. Uh, <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the fireworks if that's something that you can possibly enjoy. Because I, 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 I wow, really? No, it's it, terrible. This it's may terrible. shock people. I'm a huge fireworks head. 
Uh, it doesn't fit with my like personally conservative brand, but I've, I've always been a huge fireworks head. I mean, but getting there, maybe you know, shooting like, some off tonight. Oh, I don't mean going to the show. I mean, shooting them off. <laughs> oh God. I, well, I would, I would off. burn down my entire neighborhood. So if they, I they probably haven't been legal in Maryland since like 1792. Oh no, they definitely are. I mean, you can't buy liquor here on Sundays, man. They're, you can't do fireworks. I've been in DC on the 4th of July before. And this is not a joke. We had to make a pilgrimage to West Virginia to buy fireworks. Oh, yes. I, I was in West Virginia the other day. And let me tell you, the people love their fireworks. They do they love really, their fireworks in West Virginia. And it will not shock you that they love them in Missouri. It currently sounds like uh, multiple <laughs> counteroffensives are taking place. Uh, the artillery is in place and is being blasted. So we uh, love our fireworks in Missouri, myself yeah. included. So have a happy and safe Fourth of July holiday. We'll be back later this week to preview the NFC South. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 